Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Okay, well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And today we have back with us one of our favorite guests that I think we've gotten to sit and chat with, COO of the Daily Cloud. Amy Kelly is with us. We were supposed to have the CEO of Daily Cloud, Naomi Wolf, on with us as well, but both Naomi and I had tech issues this morning. Um, It's kind of weird. Everything's been going fine until we record this podcast, and we obviously know Nobody wants this information out there. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a person. I just, I don't know what's happening. It's crazy. If this is your first time listening to us, thanks for tuning in. We're just three girls who want to get information out there that perhaps you're not hearing in the sources you have traditionally trusted. And so what we do is we're going to give you information for the next 30 minutes. We're going to give you some information. And then we have a Substack that you're going to want to subscribe to because it's going to link every single thing we talk about in here to it so you can look for yourself because here's our deal we don't want to tell you how to think we just want to challenge you to do it and so amy um has been a guest of ours before if you have not heard her episode we dove into more of the consequences of mrna technology and where the spike protein goes in the bodies and and the reason why amy would know any of this because frankly I mean, like us, I don't think she saw herself sitting where she sits to, She sits yeah. today as the CEO of Daily Clout. And if you don't subscribe to Daily Clout, we're going to tell you to go do that too. But this team of 3,500 people has been combing through the Pfizer documents they didn't want you to have. How do we know? Well, because they said so. They said, we don't want to give you this information for 75 years. Thanks to the Freedom of Information Act, we were able to sue, not we, I think it was Aaron Siri. Maybe it wasn't Aaron Siri. Aaron Mm -hmm. Siri was able to sue to get the release of the Pfizer documents. Thank God for a judge who believed the American public needed to know. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the documents have been being released. And this team of, of people, scientists, I mean, Amy can tell you more about who is making up this team, but it's not your everyday you know, person that's in there. It's people who know what to look for. They're combing through the evidence and they are releasing it. Oddly enough, the mainstream, um, the mainstream sources that you perhaps have relied on, whether it's your newspapers or television channels or whatever to get this information, oddly enough, they're not covering it, but they should because the evidence is there that Pfizer knew early on that this quote, safe and effective vaccine was not. And yet here we are. So Amy, thank you so much for being back with us today. We wanted to bring you and Naomi on today because you have released not just the documents on the daily cloud, 
but you've actually released them onto Amazon and you you've released evidence that you have found along with commentary to help the average person like us understand mm -hmm. what is being revealed in these documents. And so let me begin by asking you, first of all, thanking you for releasing it Thank to the you. public because we've got to get it out there. You guys mm -hmm. were at the top of the um, best-selling list here. And then mm -hmm. Amazon weirdly made a decision to do what that maybe knocked you off that list? <laughs> oh, well, one thing that has happened, it's been an adventure. We wondered how it was going to go with Amazon and they've let us be on there and we are selling a lot of copies. However, the day that you have to be on the bestseller list at a certain ranking for a certain amount of time. And the day we reached it where we would be, for example, eligible to be like on a New York Times bestseller list or other bestseller lists like that, they changed their rules on the New York Times did on who is allowed on so that um, for their ebook list, if you if you are published by a single individual or single entity, then you're not eligible to be on. And that came out the same day we were going to be eligible. So um, interesting timing. Yeah, just another one of those coincidences that mm. keep happening. So, but we're still thrilled with how well it's been doing on there. Well, it just goes to show the American public does want to know the truth. And mm -hmm. sadly, um, you know, it, it's certainly been shielded from a lot of it. And then I have discovered, Amy, that even as I'm having conversations with people specifically in the medical community, or mm -hmm. they are related to someone in the medical community, they seem to be having the hardest time accepting this evidence as fact. Mm -hmm. um, I think they are really, their brain seems to want to defend before they, before they actually have an open mind to consider what is being revealed here. We know there's cognitive mm -hmm. dissonance. There's a lot of psychological reasons why that would mm -hmm. be. I think people, if you got the vaccines, for example, I think it's very hard for you to acknowledge that perhaps there are issues. And I think when you saw like the mm -hmm. DeMar Hamlin situation, it, it scared people to think, well, am I going to drop dead? Am I going to have a cardiac event? Yeah. You know, I, 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 we understand that this is mm -hmm. difficult information, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's life it's life affecting information. Mm -hmm. This is information that the public does need to know and they do need to look at for themselves and they need to be able to form their own opinions about it and have the freedom to make their choices around it. We know that as we're talking right now, it's January 31st, 20, you know, 23, there are still mandates. There are mm -hmm. still claims of safe and effective. So Amy, my question to you is of all the things that you've seen and you have mm -hmm. headed up this team, what do you think right now, and I'm sure it probably changes by week for you of things that are the most <laughs> alarming, right? But you're, you're getting ready to release some information, I think a pediatric uh, information. Mm -hmm. What's the most alarming thing to you that you've discovered today? Oh, what, sticks out? what sticks out today is definitely the pediatric report we are getting ready to put up. So this is breaking news. Um, what our team it's, we call it the post-marketing team. They're focused on that 5.3.6 post-marketing document, and they've been doing deep dives into different areas. And this particular report we're putting up today was is related to that and pediatrics. Now, there should be no relationship between pediatrics and the post-marketing document because there was no vaccine approved or being tested 
for pediatrics at that time. Yet nonetheless, they, um, I think it was 62 children received it. There was uh, 30, I believe it was 30 something, I have to look back at the report, that for sure received it that, you know, categorized as children. And then they excluded another set of numbers because they said the height and weight didn't align with pediatric people, but it looks like all in, there were around 60. Um, one seven-year-old child had a stroke. One um, child had a renal issue. I believe it was a renal failure. 40, no, 50% of the children were younger than four years old that they injected. And of course, they had an enormous percentage of serious adverse events. And my question in looking at that and reading through it, of course, was what dose did they give them? Only adult doses were approved. Were they giving them adult doses? Were they just randomly selecting a dose that they thought might work on a three-year-old or a two-year-old? And it. And when I was talking with Naomi about it earlier this morning, I said, you don't accidentally inject a child when you are doing a clinical study of adults. So how did this Was this a happen? clinical study or was this post-marketing like after it was released to the public? Like when, it, go ahead. So it's part of the, it is considered part of the clinical trial documents, but yes, it is post-marketing. So the dates of when this happened were December 1st, 2020 to February 28th, 2021. So when it had been released in the UK as of December 1st of 2020, and then they track adverse events through um, the end of February, 2021. Okay, so just, I'm wrapping, I'm just wrapping my head around this. <laughs> yeah. The, the Pfizer documents are December, 2020 to February, 2021, when the vaccine was only available for adults. Yes. yes. During that time period, children as young as four or less or whatever, under four, under four were somehow in this trial when there was no vaccine for kids yet. That's right. And they were being injected with some dose that we don't know what it is. As you can imagine, there's not much information around what they did to these children conveniently, but there were children involved. It's, it reminds me very much of what we've discussed before about how um, pregnant women were excluded yep. from the trial. And yet this group of pregnant women ended up in there and getting injected during the trial when it clearly stated that um, they couldn't do that. Um, so, How do they get away with that, Amy? Like, do you know enough about the medical industry, the pharmaceutical testing guidelines? If a company breaks a rule, that has been set forth for them saying you can test on X, Y, and Z, but you can't do A, B, and C. What happens if they break the rule? I, you know, I really don't know. It seems like if they discover, for example, somebody's pregnant and seem they should, it seems they should be immediately excluded from the trial. You know, that can happen. Somebody sure. can enroll and get pregnant, but a child should never be involved. I mean, they in thought the four year old was 19. Oh yeah, yes. that's probably exactly. It. Yeah. It. Well, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's been interesting too, Amy, like we can read online, right. When, when the vaccines, I, I haven't seen it recently, but we know of a doctor who considers herself an influencer on Instagram. Mm -hmm. He's a pediatric doctor 
And we could read the comments of all these women and mothers clamoring mm-hmm. to have their child. They were going to put their child up for the experiment. I just, yeah. we just need a, you know, we just need a solution. And this was as early as nine months ago that I read mm-hmm. these moms begging, they would put their kid in that experiment in a hot minute. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, who are these people? And I mean, I get that that sounds judgmental, but this is an experiment. This is not, yes. this is an experiment. This is not, this is to test to see if they can give it to why would you sign your child up who is at no risk of mm-hmm. dying, really at no risk of dying of COVID? Why would you sign them up for that? And going well, also to go along with that pregnancy issue, and I'm sure mm-hmm. Amy has seen this because mm-hmm. I have in my highlight that, of course, mm-hmm. you know, probably and surprisingly didn't get me shadow banned, but they were mm-hmm. talking about just even the pregnancy cases. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when they say, oh, it's safe and effective for the pregnant women. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like shame on you to these OBs that are saying this, okay? And yes. just the ACOG. So they said for the, for the 270 mother cases, it says 23 mm-hmm. spontaneous abortions. Five was the outcome pending at this time. Two mm-hmm. premature births with neonatal death. Two mm-hmm. spontaneous abortions with intrauterine death. One spontaneous abortion mm-hmm. with neonatal death. One normal outcome. So I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is 28 neonatal intrauterine deaths versus one normal outcome. Yes. Yes. And another thing, one of the reports that's in um, this book and on our website that, oh, I believe it was um, one woman from one of the teams with another one of her teammates did shows 76% of vaccine related miscarriages occurred once the COVID-19 shots were rolled out. So if you look at all of the history of vaccine-related miscarriages, it's like all the ones we've seen, like where it's like this little line like this, and then it goes, boop, the minute it comes out. Yeah. But I mean, that's a staggering number. Yeah. Oh, right. Causation, right? You're right. It does not, not in this world. I think that's important with y'all is not only can we, see just like this 5.3.6, but y'all are digging further into these. You're looking at mm-hmm. how they've, um, it, it's like it's like medical malpractice or malfeasance or whatever terminology you want to say, like where, what was that doctor when they were talking about the strokes and they were talking about how they took some people, they eliminated some, and it's how they did the reports. Like they didn't right. have these people included in the outcome because it would mess up the numbers. So what they did, yeah, so what they did in, um, they're called system organ classes is how they organize how they report on things. So they set different thresholds for distant, different system organ classes. And to me, it's completely disingenuous. So for example, in one system organ class, you may have to have a single adverse event occur 13 times before they count it as reportable. But in another system organ class, like when I say system organ class, I know that's such an obscure term. So let me like say it in more real terms. Let's say like liver or cardiovascular or, you know, kidneys, anything like that. In another system organ class, they may say, okay, you only need to have this adverse event occur two times before we view it as reportable. So you 
you can't get a real feel for how significant or how many instances occurred by looking at how many were reported. You have to dig deeper and look and see what they said as their threshold for that particular organ class. Hmm. So it's essentially like where where we would imagine they would bring all these people in and study their reactions to the vaccine across Mm -hmm. the board for any Mm -hmm. and everything you're saying, as Dr. Ryan Cole said, you cannot find that for which you do not look. So they (laughs) would only look for certain things. They would set a threshold that would make it kind of hard to Mm -hmm. find certain things so that Mm -hmm. they can report it out. And let us also remind everyone, it's been proven that the medical journals, this peer-reviewed science now in these medical journals, Mm -hmm. a lot of times if you read the actual study and read the conclusion, you don't even understand how they got the conclusion from the study. It's like, where where were you during the study? I don't feel like this is the conclusion you should have drawn. And again, why? Because they know people are only going to read the conclusion. So they manipulate the wording and the conclusions just enough to not really tell you what they found, which is mind boggling. Yet Mm -hmm. we know that it's happening, right? So, okay, Amy, y'all put this, Mm -hmm. you've been saying this for a while. We talked to you, gosh, months and months and months ago about what you're finding. And now you've put it out for the masses with commentary so that they can understand what they're reading. Because obviously mm-hmm. this is a lot of science jargon and you know stuff that the average person would have a difficult time combing through. Um, as you're putting the commentary to the information you're finding, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think is one of the most, um, maybe I should say prevalent side effects or what was the thing that Pfizer did know or should have known, or it was evident in their testing that the mm-hmm. American public was told was not true that we now know is true. Does that make sense? Like, yes. Was it cardiac yeah. events? Like what was it? Well, one thing that's very interesting to me in light of the safe and effective narrative is that they knew during the trial that it wasn't effective. They also knew it wasn't safe. But I think it was the um, like second or third most, let's see if I have that. Uh, The third most common adverse event was COVID-19. Yep. Uh, Yeah. And so there, however, they came out and gave their, you know, 195%, you know, the ever, have you seen that video of the ever um, descending? Yes. Like where it just keeps going down. Right. And so they knew out of the gate that it didn't prevent COVID-19. They, and it's just so awful that they put it out there that this is what's going to work and protect you. And that was a lie from the very beginning. Well, they said it will protect, take it to protect others, you know, right. And, and that, and they and call people, they call people grandma killers for mm-hmm. not taking it to protect their grandmas that yet they knew that it would not prevent transmission because they were going at the speed of science. That's uh-huh. right. The speed of science, whatever that is, right? <laughs> yes. Oh. Or following the science, whose name was Dr. Anthony Fauci. And to oh. me, it was yeah. the great, you know, it was, well, if you think about it, is the greatest thing that ever happened was he said that because yeah. the average person would go, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're the science, you're the yeah. science, you're the, you know, we were told in elementary school that Pluto was a planet. And then later our kids were told it was a moon. Now I'm not even sure what it is. You're telling me, you're telling me that you know it all. You know, you yeah. know all the things to know about this. You're the science that told the average person who didn't have a 
didn't have a, a, a dog in the fight. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. It's a very arrogant thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very, and, and also couldn't possibly be true. You can't know unless you created the virus and leaked it in a lab. You might know more than the average person, uh, right. but, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> um, but again, like the fact that he just was dead wrong about so much, right? We now mm-hmm. can go, yeah, he was not the science, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, but well, yes. It looks like that's the science that they used, th- So though. So maybe he was yeah. actually telling the truth. <laughs> that's how they get around. I am the science that they use, that right? They <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> one of the other things to me that's just been so shocking throughout all the things I've learned through the incredible work the volunteers have done in digging in is what, and I think I mentioned this before to you guys, just the assault on reproduction from both um, the female side and the male side. And we learn more and more about that. Um, we Since this book came out, so we're going to do a volume two, another one report that's come out is going to be in there that Dr. Chandler did, just showing drastic birth rate declines all over the world, um, particularly shocking numbers in Australia, but they were also very shocking in Germany and Switzerland and um, mm-hmm. I said Australia, Taiwan. I could, there were several other countries, and um, just they and he looked at it from the standpoint of nine months from when the vaccine rollout occurred to what we're seeing happen at that point, and they're dropping off a cliff. And so we don't know the long-term side effects of that. And then, of course, you have the um, harms that are done to both males and females with how the lipid nanoparticles are gathering in the organs, including the sexual organs. And who knows what the long-term effects of that are going to be. Well, what about cancers? Did you guys, have you, have you discovered any evidence that they saw people developing cancers um, in the trials? Yes. Um, Dr. Chris Flowers and I did a whole video on that where we discussed it kind of in a fireside chat sort of manner. And I, in order to prepare for that, I went through and looked at all the different cancers. And I mean, any cancer you can think of is in there. Uh, one thing that stuck out in particular to me, which um, is not just one gender or the other, it's uh, breast cancer was quite prominent. Lots of prostate cancer as well, but all types of them. and. One of the things which you guys know, Dr. Ryan Cullen are familiar with it is it's like cancer on steroids. It just goes so quickly and blows up. And there's both the people who were in remission and have it come back. And then there's people who had no signs of it. And by the time they go to the doctor with symptoms they're having, they're in stage three or stage four. It's, and, and, they, and they knew because it was in the clinical trial documents. When this is what's this is what's terrible is that they knew. And it's interesting when you said the prostate and the breast cancer. We have a friend who, mm-hmm. both her mom and dad, got diagnosed with cancer almost at the same time. Her mom, mm-hmm. uh, the a later stage of breast cancer. I don't know, but she's mm-hmm. in radiation, and then her dad with prostate cancer. Luckily, 
luckily prostate cancer is generally a cancer that you die with, not from, but breast mm-hmm. cancer can be, you know, you need to check it early. And I think that sometimes the argument is people didn't get the screening in time. People didn't, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. be that argument. And yes, there, there are issues right now, you know, like you can't get a doctor's appointment. People were scared to go out of their house. People were scared to go get checked. Those are things that they put off. I can understand that, but when cancers are running rampant with younger age people who aren't mm-hmm. going to go get the screens, you can have that argument for older right. people who are getting screened, but you cannot have the argument, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for younger people. So that's where you Well, can- even with mammogram screenings that are being done now and have been done since the vaccine rollout, I feel like they haven't been able to tell as well as they could at other times because there's been such a problem with swollen lymph nodes. And it took them a while to realize that. So you would go in and they'd see the swollen node and wonder what was going on. And they did get to a point now where if you guys have been in or know anybody who has, they ask you if you've had the vaccine. If you ask them why they're asking you, they'll tell you it's for the swollen lymph nodes. But um, I think that also prevented them from being able to find some of the things early for people who did actually go in. Yeah. Well, it's definitely in my, my parents' age group, which would be, you know, 65 and older. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, it's been really interesting on a personal level um, mm-hmm. to exactly what you said, uh, cancers or return of cancers that they didn't have 20 years mm-hmm. ago. You know, it's like cancers and then it going so quickly. So mm-hmm. from, from diagnosis to death, I mean, very short amounts of time. Um, and that's, 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 you know, you can argue. It's just like with the, with the, when, when a 75 year old drops dead of a heart attack, you can say, well, I mean, it's not the first time a 75 year old dropped out of a heart attack. That's right. you know, so you, so you might want to say, well, we got to leave some room here for the fact that that's not the most unusual thing, but when you have mm-hmm. an 18 year old drop dead, of a cardiac event, yes. then you go, that's not normal. Then you have another and another. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, do you think there'll come a time, Amy, where they will be able to diagnose this was a result of the spike protein or this, or we believe this was the result of that, or they just, or do you think they'll just continue to say, what an unfortunate turn of events? Hey, it's, a, it's because of COVID, long COVID. COVID yeah. Mm-hmm. Reporter just went on air, we just watched this interview, I guess today or yesterday saying she uh, had chest pains and pains in her shoulder. She went to the doctor, uh, she had pericarditis and myocarditis um, Mm -hmm. and they told her it was from the common cold, a virus. Oh, Mm -hmm. now that interesting. you can get myocarditis from a virus. You can, Mm -hmm. but how often does that really happen? And are we gonna start saying, is that the narrative they're about to start going through? I mean, and, and yeah. you even mentioned Dr. Cole, Dr. Cole has been talking about this for literally years, like probably two years at this point, maybe mm-hmm. two and a half where what he was seeing. And he explained so much about like the Marine cells, like you get that it is affecting that our, our T cells and B cells. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's people even at the CDC or FDA in these meetings that are actually admitting to it now that they don't know. Right. But they're, right. So they're kind of backpedaling, but they're saying something. I mean, it's like talking out of two ends. It's just crazy. And um, well, we, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. As you say, we had a report uh, come out uh, and again, related to that 5.3.16. I thought this was so interesting. It was a cardiovascular report. And so all different types of things fall under cardiovascular events. 
but this is what I found very interesting. For myocarditis and pericarditis, they did not list them as cardiovascular. They put them in the immune-mediated slash autoimmune category. Now, I looked online because I was like, what? In, it, they do actually exist. You can get them that way, but it's not nearly as common as just a straightforward cardiovascular event. Again, like, you know, the shell game of moving things around and massaging the numbers because then they didn't have to show those as part of the reported cardiovascular events. And as far as if I think they are ever going to come out and admit it, I just don't know because I, I feel like what we really need is more and more people who are saying, okay, my teenage child was not supposed to die at this time in life. This doesn't make sense. Or my young adult child, and we're going to demand an autopsy yeah, to see what's going on. Answer. Yes. Yeah. And um, people still don't seem to really be pursuing autopsies. And which is interesting, which mm-hmm. I just feel is very interesting. But then, but then again, you know, Amy, I was just like I was saying, I had a conversation with the wife of a physician and, mm-hmm. and I could see the psychology of it was, is really, I have a hard time believing that this is that bad because if I were to acknowledge that it was, then there's mm-hmm. some culpability and responsibility that I would feel that I don't know that I can handle. I, I really feel like it is, mm-hmm. it, it, there is some of that or, or that it would disclose that the people that my doctor or husband trusted are not trustworthy, that these mm-hmm. agencies and these medical journals that he's trusted are not, or that science has been polluted and captured. And I can't possibly believe that because modern medicine is so good. You know, it's like yeah. the cognitive dissonance is a real problem. Like we are mm-hmm. having a real psychological problem in this country of very smart, intelligent, and well-meaning people, people who mm-hmm. would not want to harm another soul. Mm-hmm. But would you not want to go with that? But would you not want to go with that? Just, what do you mean? Like, I get like not wanting to know that and feeling the guilt, you know, yeah. like, oh my God, did I do this to myself? Right. Did I do this yeah. to my child? Did I encourage my mom to take this or my dad to take this? Yes. And now this happened. But then do you not want to find out so that it doesn't happen to anybody else? What happened to love thy neighbor? What happened yeah. to yeah. For the na- your neighbor? If you find the answer, we can stop this cycle. It's why I keep ch- every time, I, every time I see a sudden death, I'm posting it in my story because people are not going to see it unless you just keep posting because they are, they are daily. It's mm-hmm. daily. And it I know is. Die every day, but these are random young people that should not be dying for no reason, no reason, but mm-hmm. there is a reason. And all you got to do is connect the dots. And the quickest way for them to shut us down and say, it's not because of the vaccine is to prove us wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go find it and show us yes. it's not. Well, it's like Damar Hamlin, you know, if he just came out and said, you know what, I wasn't vaccinated, it would really end this whole conversation, right? Right. But we know that he was most likely because the NFL had such stringent rules and you pretty much knew that that we didn't know he didn't because if anybody did, it was all that's what I'm saying. That's right. That's right. We would have known he didn't because like Aaron Rodgers, right? It's like, well, they they get shamed and ridiculed for it. So, but again, things that could just shut up people who are speculating you just give the mm-hmm. evidence and yet they are eerily silent and do not even do not do interviews you know which even in the damar hamlin case don't y'all think he's mm-hmm. being paid to not give an interview i feel like there's some something weird that's the situation is very weird 
And it is weird. And so again, I think what with those of us who see what's happening, okay, mm-hmm. and I, and I, and I say that humbly, I'm very grateful. It is a burden of knowledge to know things mm-hmm. that the rest of the world doesn't seem to get yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm thankful I know it. But you look at people and you go, how do you not know it yet? Yeah. But when you watch this psychology play out, it's frightening. And, and it makes you do look in your own life like, what am I blind about that I just refuse yeah. to acknowledge is true? You know, it's that kind of stuff. And have you guys seen the articles that have come out recently? I've seen this in the past two weeks about the vaccinated blaming the unvaccinated because they said we know we knew we didn't and them. why didn't we t- like when you literally were like hiding being like I'm not telling anyone I'm unvaccinated because yes sold and everything you know That's and right. but now it's like the we thought that was like we thought it was like a joke we thought, thought that was, article I was literally a joke. thought it was satire yeah I, I couldn't yeah believe. Oh my god it's well, ridiculous. That's the news now the news looks like satire you you literally look at headlines and you're like are you're you for real? Like, what planet do y'all reside in? Because it's not the same one I live on. I do not understand. Like eggs, eggs are ca- causing strokes. Yeah, or yeah. like a stroke That's season now. Stroke season. How about you yes. tell us really what's going on with the strokes, Amy? Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, as we know, I mean, they're called the clot shot for a reason, right? And they do cause just massive clotting in not every single person, but a lot. And so you're from that, you're going to get strokes. And there were a lot of stroke events there and they knew about the strokes again and the post-marketing documentation showed up loud and clear. They have plenty of signals of it and theirs and probably other systems. Like I would imagine along that whole course of the V-safe reporting, there was also some of that reported there. And so they knew clotting was happening. They knew people were at risk for strokes. They knew strokes were happening and people were dying from them. And yet they didn't do anything about it. And I would say that's one of my most, like you had asked me very early on in this interview, like what really shocks me and what has been one of the most shocking things for me is the complete lack of informed consent. It goes against all medical practice prior to this, it's unethical. And the information is available, but they knew if they presented what they had, no one was going to take their medication because the list was so long and scary. And even to this day, you don't get informed consent when you go in, like if somebody's going in to get a booster, they don't say, are you aware of this or that each additional shot you take puts you at more risk for these things. So um, it's just horrifying. And I'm horrified that people who are in roles to give these vaccines and know that informed consent should be given have been okay with not giving it. Mm-hmm. How about the fact check? So when you say about the informed consent, when you, when pharmacists, nurses, because you know the doctors aren't giving you shots, it's mm-hmm. the other people, okay? When they're giving it and they have a blank insert and that's the, that's what they, yes they, one of the doctors presented at the Senate testimony with Ron Johnson um, mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. And we posted a video of the doctor saying, how do we even know there's no informed consent? We don't have anything in here. And there was a fact check on that saying that this is <laughs> not what they go by. The, the insert. Oh. 
but yeah, which is like what you're always to told to what, read. What are we administering? Like, yeah. I, I know as nurses, we had to know what are these ingredients? What are the possible side effects to look for? We had to know. Mm-hmm. And we needed to yeah. tell the patients that too. It's right. True. And you need to know what their medical history is and if there can be a possible event related to it or what medications they're on, if there could be interactions. I mean, it's just ridiculous for anyone to try to say, um, fact check that they don't need that information or that doesn't need to be given. Yeah. Well, well, considering Pfizer has the largest in the history of the United States, the largest criminal payout because of they were convicted of fraud and how they're even still a company, right? It's like, it, it, it does make, they did egregious, egregious things. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are, we, and then we allow them to, under the EUA, mm-hmm. uh, Emergency Use Authorization Act, which means you don't have to do the same scrutiny that you would use for other drugs and, and other vaccines. Although now we know that's probably been the case for years that they haven't had enough scrutiny, right? Mm-hmm. This is a very captured agencies regulating these companies now. So um, what, I, what, I, what I don't understand is now you're combing through the documents mm-hmm. they didn't want to release for 75 years. You see that they had evidence in their testing that there were serious adverse events. Mm-hmm. Even the CDC this week, I think finally some spokesperson from the CDC, maybe girls, do we share this on our channel where we, he says, we know there are serious events and we're looking into it. You know, mm-hmm. two years later. Okay, right. so what is Pfizer saying to the Daily Cloud? Do you guys have any whistleblowers internally you're talking to? Or are they acknowledging, yep, the gig's up. We're, we're definitely being found out. Like, is there any of that happening, Amy? Any hope that that'll happen? Well, I do have hope that it will happen because more um, people are looking to states to take action or counties to take action. And that's where it needs to be taken because the companies are protected at the federal level. There's the PrEP Act and the CARES Act, but they're not protected at the state level. So the states can take action against these companies and that's where it needs to happen. When we are seeing some lawsuits start to pop up in that regard. And I did see, I haven't read real thoroughly on this, but I saw that Tom Renz is working on a $1 trillion lawsuit, which would be phenomenal. I believe it is against Pfizer also. I would have to check back to make sure, but I, people need to go to their state and county leaders. I would say, start with your attorney generals. There's usually the state one. And then there's also usually a county or district level attorney general, depending on where you are and say, I want this investigated. And this is why, and you know, this is the evidence we have lots of example letters that people have written to state attorneys general and to um, county attorney generals on our website. You can search for them and get examples of what you can talk about. And the more it's going to take, it's going to take grassroots coming together to make it happen, I believe. Well, and what way to do that is to get your book. Yeah. To get this book. Yes. Yes. more people that we can get this book um, that's now on Amazon, you will have this for life. Like you'll have this information and share it, buy it for your loved ones. Um, the more, mm-hmm. and that's one way that it's going to spark this grassroots is if we have all this yes. information at our fingertips, we can confidently go to our state legislators and, you know, local governments and say, look, 
send them a copy of it. Imagine being able to yes. like the study when they say yeah. show the proof. I'm like, show, okay, yeah, here. here, read this book. It's all here. Yes. <laughs> read this book. It's all in one place. Yeah. I've had a lot of people say they want to give it to, you know, the medical professionals or their local yes. pharmacist. And, or their, and we'll live. Yeah. County. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's going to be a little bit easier to do that in the future because in about two weeks, we should have out a paperback version. Oh. So yeah. And so people have really been asking for that and we're pushing hard to get it out as quickly as we can. And then people will be able to have the physical book that they can go give to whoever they would like to, whether that be a doubting family member or, you know, covering up Rochelle Wilinski's office and copies of the book. <laughs> yes. Uh, could oh we gosh. flood their office? Yes. Wouldn't that be amazing? Gosh, I want to go walk in her office and hand deliver that one. Um, yeah. So uh, I might get arrested, but that would we love to hand to deliver to the top. So we right want now, to break the algorithm. Like truly, this is one of the yes. biggest things we wanted you on. Like, oh, thank you. Want, they are trying to suppress this. Shocking. Mm -hmm. they, yes. they are definitely not promoting it. You know, mm -hmm. typical. So yes. we, in our hands, when we say vote with your money, get, do that, do it for the positive right now. You yes. have to get this. So in a couple of weeks, it'll be available paperback, but right now it's available Kindle, right? Right. So go to the Amazon website. Um, you can't purchase, you cannot purchase Kindle books in the Amazon app or Kindle app. Um, it seems strange, but there is a reason behind it. I researched it. So go to the Amazon website and you guys have the link to mm -hmm. post and you can purchase it there and then it sends it to your kindle device or app that you choose and if you don't have a kindle then right. is a pdf version too that's yes right. on the daily cloud website there's a pdf version available the kindle's the best that's what we really want everybody to get if you can if you've got one but i just wanted to yeah. let them know that that's not their only option if they don't have that yeah. Right. Yeah. And some people prefer a PDF. So yes, they're both available and then we'll have the other format coming out as well. Yeah. And I so love, that's, I love an actual book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have that in a couple of weeks where that'll be available. Mm -hmm. Another thing we should mention real quick. So obviously buy this, share mm -hmm. it buy multiples, get it into the hands of people who will share this information far and wide as well, because word of mouth mm -hmm. is what we need at this point to continue to help protect people from what's mm -hmm. happening. The other part of it is, you know, we did interview, was it Dr. Fleming girls who the 10 letters and he, he's a physician and an attorney who has said what every American can do right now is write a letter to your attorneys general and yes. tell them there needs to be a lawsuit. And if, and we will definitely, uh, if you're listeners, we'll be promoting that shortly on, we did have a conversation with Dr. Fleming. We're going to put some reels out around that. And, and really lobby all of you to do that alongside of us. Let's make our voices heard. When you hear the information we share sometimes on the podcast, we know it's overwhelming and you think, what can I do? Well, what you can do is have conversations with your networks. Be willing to just say, did you know? You don't have to uh, proselytize or preach at them. Because again, the idea is to help people just think, right? Just mm -hmm. say, did you know that the Pfizer documents revealed they actually did know these were harming people? Shouldn't they mm -hmm. be held accountable for that? And if someone goes, they're going to say, no, I didn't know. Or they're going to say, no, that's not true. You can hand them this book. Well, here it is. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> yes. Here it is. Okay. Again, it's not about fighting with people. It's about helping them see. And the way that you can help them mm -hmm. see, you just start to ask questions. Did you know? 
Okay. The more of us who know, the more of us can stand up and say never again, Mm because I can tell you if they get away with what they've done over the last two and a half years, from Mm -hmm. lockdowns to masking, to mandatory vaccinations, they will not stop. There will be something else. There'll be something else that a certain group of people feels is necessary to, to control the masses, because sadly, that's what it's about power and control. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds like we're living in a 1984 novel and we kind of are, we kind yeah. of are the, 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 the unthinkable has happened. And now mm-hmm. we've got to just accept that it's happened and now move forward by saying not on our watch. This is still our country. This is still mm-hmm. we, the people. And we know we have a lot of Australians and a lot of Brits and a lot of Europeans listening to us. Listen, you do the same thing, whatever mm-hmm. ways that you can get the word out amongst your networks. That will make the biggest impact right there. Yeah. So Mm-hmm. Hey, Amy, we appreciate you so much. And thank you so oh, much for you. taking the time to join us again. We love talking to you because, well, you have all the goods. Like your brain is in <laughs> every day, every day, you know, all day looking at all the things. But mm-hmm. um, but guys, you can see what Amy's seeing. Go get the book. We'll link it in our sub stack and on our story. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to listen. Amy, thanks for being with us. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you for having me with you. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Take Always. Care. Bye, y'all.